Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Tuesday, the 7th of December. Today, I'm joined by Hamsi Kumar, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Hamsi. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. How are you, Peter? Oh, very good, thank you. Uh, I hear that you've got... Uh, You've got leaf blowers uh, outside your uh, outside where you live at the moment. Is that right? Yes, at the most inconvenient time <laughs> of all, when I'm about to record this podcast with uh, you, it's like it's okay. Let's go full blast. Absolutely, <laughs> ah, full blast. Like it. Um, now, also just just let listeners know because um, you know keeping it real here at Watson's Daily. Um, might I might get a delivery of um, lateral flow tests uh, during this, the course of this podcast, so I might have to pause. So hopefully I won't have to, um, and uh, everything will be all right. But just thought I'd give you that explanation first. Right. So uh, with that out of the way, uh, Hamzy, what did you find most interesting in today's Watson's Daily? I thought the story about DoorDash uh, hiring full-time workers to launch this ultra-fast delivery to compete with the 15s or under 15 minute delivery mm-hmm. uh, scheme or you know business that they're trying to do in New York was mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, DoorDash has been a huge proponent of the gig model that we see with Uber trying to fight for it in the courts here in the UK as well mm-hmm. as uh, with Deliveroo. They actually spend more than $50 million to lobby for the law in California, which would make um, these gig workers, independent contractors, as opposed mm. to employees. Mm-hmm. So this is like a really interesting U-turn from DoorDash. It, yeah. The reason they said that they're trying to do that is mostly because they want delivery riders to be at the order or at the warehouse before the order. Mm. Because if you're if they're like independent contractors, they might be working for other people and they wouldn't be able to simply say that, oh, you have to be here. And this mm. would just be a smart way to save time. Mm. And they also said that they want to sort of diversify the types of working schemes that they can give to prospective mm. workers or people interested in their work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting, isn't it, this? And actually, um, I, was, I was just going to say, DoorDash, um, they uh, only a couple of weeks ago, they, they bought um, a Finnish um, food delivery startup called Walt enterprises for eight billion dollars so a a, uh you know a reasonable size acquisition because they are hoping to consolidate the the fast delivery industry in europe which is very fragmented but anyway going back to um you know this the story of today um it is interesting this whole thing about hiring full-time workers because yes they need to make sure that they are going to be there where they when they say they're going to be there because one of the um uh conditions of you being a contractor rather than a an employee is that you you know you as a contractor have got to be the one controlling what you do on that day rather mm-hmm. than the employer uh imp- you know the, the, rather than the company so the company has got in in theory the company has got to say you know phone up a worker and say hey you want to work for us today uh what are you doing and the worker has to say well let me look at my diary yes i think i can slot you in between 10 and 6 right and then they do that that is you know that would be a 
that would be a relationship whereby you would be a contractor. Whereas mm. if if the if you knew like let's say you were you know, um uh you know you were working for uh DoorDash, you would have to sort of go um yeah you the the the, the lines are blurred because if you are saying to DoorDash, well, um, uh, if DoorDash is saying to you, yeah, I want you to come in at 10 and leave at six, that's different because they are the ones that are driving your schedule, I guess. Uh, I mean, that's that's another way of looking at it. So um, subtle, although it's the same outcome, there are subtle differences. And obviously the difference between being an employee uh, and being uh, a contractor are different in terms of pay and benefits. And I think that the fact that DoorDash is actually doing this, you know, making their, their workers full time in New York um, shows that they do need to make sure that people are definitely going to be there when they want them to be there. Yeah, given how bad traffic is in New York and there's just too many cars going around. Um, in- indeed. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because in the article they talked about how this decision would impact other similar companies in terms of mm. uh, saying that their drivers or riders are self-employed. Mm. Um, we see with Uber, they've always tried to argue that they're a tech company, not a transportation company. Yeah, they made before the Supreme Court case that basically said that the drivers were employees. Mm. Oh, sorry, workers. Um, they would say that oh they're si- they're not signing a contract they're signing a software license we're lending mm. the mm-hmm. software license for these drivers to use but the problem is Uber drivers when they drive they're not really driving promoting themselves they're promoting Uber mm. and you know Uber drivers were made to accept most ride requests because Uber mm-hmm. wants to make sure that it, it was reliable as a service but if mm-hmm. you're truly independent or you know self-employed you should be able to mm-hmm. say no i do not want to do yes. the work but exactly. so that was what impacted the uber decision in the uk mm. but but it is really interesting because they also really want to compete with gopuff mm-hmm. it's also a similar com- company in mm-hmm. new york mm. and they there was also in the article they talked about this thing called dark stores which are basically yeah. like uh, warehouses that yeah. they want to open up and when they have these dark stores they could really be able to have these warehouses at convenient locations and deliver within that 15 minute time yeah. gap and... so by the way just just for those listening um and i know i'm sorry hamzy I, I made this p- very poor joke before dark stores aren't stores that don't have the light <laughs> um they are so i'm allowed to make dad jokes right i'm a dad it's fine it's okay it's okay uh, it's okay <laughs> Um, but no, they're basically um, sort of stores that mirror, well, sort of, I suppose they probably, they uh, one way of thinking is they mirror other stores. So they're not a store that you can go, like a normal punter can go into. Mm-hmm. Um, they are stores, pre- presumably, it looks more like a warehouse when you go in and, and the workers pick the stuff from the, from you know, from the shelves in there rather than it being all nice and uh, et cetera. So yeah, that's, sorry, just, just to clarify, uh, dark store but anyway carry on yeah but uh, no worries with the dark stores it's really interesting because it's part of this trend for more space 
Mm-hmm. Um, if, if we see the same thing happening, and we are seeing the same thing happening in the UK, there's already competition for space for mm-hmm. warehouses by Amazon, there's competition mm-hmm. for space through gigafactories, mm-hmm. there's competition for space for small modular reactors that we're seeing due to the mm-hmm. energy crisis that people are considering mm-hmm. alternative renewable sources. So that was something that was uh, I thought was really interesting. Uh, another thing that I found interesting was because they're trying to attract employees like or new forms of people to join the company, not mm-hmm. just employees with this model, but they also have another work model with the normal gig delivery, which would be self-employed. Mm-hmm. It made me think about how you know companies like McDonald's and Taco Bell, they're trying to give a lot of benefits like tuitions. Because we've seen a great wave, the great resonation, the wave of resonations mm. of people leaving the mm. company because of, uh, they have time to reconsider what what the work they're doing during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. and I also read something really interesting about Prince Harry talking <laughs> about um, uh, people should resign if it mm. means you know if, if it means protecting their mental health. So what yeah. do you think about that, Peter? Uh, well, um, I would say. I know this is going to sound very controversial, but Uh-oh. I think I don't I don't want to take advice from a spoiled rich kid. Right. So um, you know, look, he's got his own he's got his own stuff and yeah, he's in the he's in the public eye. Um I think that uh you know, I think that generally speaking, most people, you know, go to work for the paycheck. Um, maybe the banter as well, possibly. Um but I think that I think he's got a point in this in the sense that if if it is having a bad effect on your mental health, then, you know, it, it is a good idea to leave. But you really need it's very difficult. I think it's very it can be very impractical because, you know, you can't most people can't just leave and then look for another job. Most people mm-hmm, need yeah. to find another job, then leave then go into the other job then that's the best way of doing it the problem with that and i found this obviously i was a headhunter for a number of years as well is and i said this so many times to people that the problem is finding a job is often a full-time job in itself um and so it is very difficult while you're in a job the the other irony of doing that as well is you are more attractive to potential employers, generally speaking, and you will get more money as a starting salary if you are already working. And I say that is a mm-hmm. bit like when you've got two kids playing with toys, right? If It could be that one kid has never played with one toy before, but if they see the other kid play with it, they want that toy, mm-hmm. right? They, they want the toy that everyone else wants. So, um, so similarly with, um, em- you know, with jobs and employ and potential employees, they, the, the sort of general kind of attitude of employers tends to be, if you are already employed, you must be good, right? Rightly or wrongly, right? Whereas if you are, if you've resigned and then they, a lot of t- times they will think, is this person, does this person have the tendency to make rash decisions and or can we get away with paying them less because they need the job, right? So, I mean, that's really blunt way of looking at it. So um, 
I mean, I could obviously uh, talk about this all day because um, <laughs> it's one of my favourite subjects about this. But um, and as I say I used to be a headhunter, a bit of book and stuff about it. So, uh, but I just think that you know, if you need to be very careful um, following mm-hmm. the uh, that kind of advice that you know, quit if you if it's affecting <laughs> your mental health. Yes, yeah, in an ideal world, yes. But in the practical real world, it's not always as easy as that. Um, but one thing I will say, though, is the fact that I feel that this this whole thing everyone's going on about the great resignation, I think it's all down to the fact that everyone was interrupted all at the same time, all at the same point at the same time because of COVID. Yeah. We had, um, you know, I think throughout your life, you have times where you you reassess what you've done. And, you know, and you are satisfied or not satisfied. I think it's at key birthdays like, you know, 21, 25, 30, 40, 50, etc. You, you, you then look back on your life, but also at other key stages like you're, when you've resigned from your or you're moving on to your second job. Because your first job, everything goes into that and that's all fine. But when you move on after that. There's that that is a that's another point where you do it when you move in with a partner when you have kids you, all this kind of thing often you you yeah. you will do it but everyone does this at a different time but because of COVID it all happened at the same time for everyone and so and then there was this whole thing thrown into it that people could suddenly work from home realistically and then I think that has just made people everyone think about you know, prioritize different things in a different way but all at the same time and it's meant that you've had this resignation but i think ultimately um you know this is a bit of a reset um and and people will hopefully have found what they would like to do uh, more people will have found that what they would prefer to do and carry on doing it um than not um so you know but anyway um god that's getting a bit deep getting a bit deep uh, <laughs> for a tuesday morning um so um i will then go uh to back to the the warmth uh and familiarity of the what's today's watson's daily um and okay. you know my um i would say that my favorite story of today um is tesco workers um voting to strike mm-hmm. now um again i it's you know possibly um uh, appropriate to say at this time of year but this did make me think that it's like turkeys voting for Christmas. Um, because the thing is, is that one of the things that's come out from um, uh, corona, uh, you know, what's happened over, over with the coronavirus outbreak is that it has accelerated the impetus for companies to, to automate what they can in order to limit their exposure to the vagaries of their employees. Now, um, I would say that, uh, you know, you've seen increased automation, especially in the field, you know, like in groceries. You've got obviously um, Ocado, their automated warehouses and things, uh, Amazon as well. Um, so this kind of automation is already happening. And I think things like this are going to be you know, if you've got loads of workers voting on mass to have strikes to get more money, that's going to give automation even more impetus. However, I would say if I was an employee of Tesco right now, um, I would be striking absolutely because it also shows how what the um, pa- where the power is right now. Yeah. 
and that is with those people who are working in the warehouses who are doing the deliveries they know that they're, you know they're working hard and they know that they that they can they can squeeze this out of them because um tesco's you know they're not going to want to lose all these people because these people are going to uh, i will no doubt will say well if you don't want to pay us i'll just go to aldi or little who pay more anyway um yeah. so i'm gonna, i'm just going to go there um because they they they're hiring they're they're opening new stores so um i think it's going to be i i think that workers are going to win on this one not the not supermarkets but ultimately the supermarkets probably will win because of the increased automation but in the meantime if I was a worker there, I'd be going, right, I want to earn as much as I possibly can while I can um, until the robots come and take over my job. So, you know, so I don't I don't blame them at all. Um, but obviously, the interesting thing here is what will happen? Is this is this just a one off or are we going to see this from other retailers and uh, you know, or great you know, uh, supermarkets? Because if we do, that is going to be an absolute nightmare. Um mm. Yeah, I mean, what, it, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I really I agree with what you said, like the workers will win temporarily, but in the long run, automation will just change how we experience grocery shopping or even other parts of our lives. Mm. I mean, automation is here. AI is here. We cannot deny it. And what, what I found interesting was Tesco is offering a 4% pay rise, but the mm-hmm. unions are, want, are wanting a 6% pay rise based mm. on retail price inflation figures Mm -hmm. so i think that it seems like a a reasonable offer or reasonable demand based on the fact that they are working so hard Mm -hmm. but tesco has already dispatched you know long life goods such as alcohol Mm -hmm. or christmas puddings you know Mm -hmm. to meet the demand that we're going to see this this year and this month actually Mm-hmm. Because Christmas is coming and nobody wants to shop online for mm-hmm. even not just, I mean, we're talking about food, but even other stuff where nobody's interested in shopping online because of the deliveries and the backlogs yep. in that yep. um, arena. And I mean, it's just going to be higher costs for everyone, like just like what you were talking about. If every mm-hmm. supermarket goes through this because everyone decides to strike, yeah. how, how are they going to cope? They're already paying more because ingredients are costing higher. They're already paying more to people in general because it's harder to get people to to work at certain industries like retail and hospitality. Yeah. And you have issues with HGV drivers. You have backlogs with you know getting in the supply chain, getting deliveries to the right uh, uh, grocery stores or you know supermarkets. So and and you have the price war with Aldi with the Aldi uh, price mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. So it it's just a whole myriad of factors that it's not it's not looking good for a tesco at this moment no no not at all <clears throat> so yeah we'll see we'll obviously see what happens we'll see what happens elsewhere because actually if this happens elsewhere then all the retailers going to have a problem because then they're going to have to pay high wages and then ultimately that's going to be passed on to us in terms of high prices I just yeah. got to tell you this. I, I, when you talk about this, you reminded me. So uh, again, I'm not sure whether I've said this before in a podcast. I used to, when I was a student, I used to work at Sainsbury's. Um, I won't say which one. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I, I worked for a number of years there. Actually, I really enjoyed it. 
you know, it was good. I, I did, I, I was on tills. I did, uh, I was on provisions. I was on the deli. That's where I learned about cheese and <laughs> things like Palmer ham. Um, uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. It was a revelation. Um, but one of the things I did um, while I was there is I did work the night shift because you used to get paid way low, way more money. But mm-hmm. I used to work from nine. So over, in the summer holidays, so I used to work from nine o'clock in the evening till 7 a.m. the following day. And one wow. of the one of the um, <laughs> one of the funniest things I saw when I was there was that was something I can say this now because this is a long time ago. No one's going to know this. But, <laughs> um, but one of the things I was absolutely shocked because I was a very naive uh, young lad. Right. Is that um, the people that used to work in the <laughs> in the warehouse, they used to be drunk in the morning. Right. <laughs> I was like, well, how does that work? And apparently, so if you were on beers, wines and spirits, what would happen was, so only them, obviously, that only they would be drunk. And what would happen was they would do a stock take in the warehouse and then they would um, take a bottle out of a box and then drop the box. Right. So they they'd put it down as a smashed box. But within the meantime, we'll be sitting somewhere in a warehouse having a party, <laughs> drinking all this wine. I, mean, so I thought, oh, my God, because, of course, when it's dropped on the floor, you don't know how much has been in there. Um, so obviously they smashed the bottle at, you know, at the end of it. But that was an absolute classic. That went on for ages. And I thought, has no one noticed this? <laughs> um, and it seemed like all of us knew, but the managers either turned a blind eye or really didn't know it was very strange but um but anyway but there you go there's my there's my quick sort of anecdote for you on my fond memories of working at Sainsbury's a long time ago um anyway sorry that was a bit sounds a bit weird but we took a strange turn there but um but anyway um yeah I think I guess we we should we should we should leave we should stop it on, on that note yes <laughs> um but um and also i would never uh endorse that kind of behavior as i say it wasn't in the department i was in i just saw it as an outsider um but anyway yes um i think yeah we'll stop it there um thank you very much hamsi for this i know this is probably you've thought well where, where the hell is this podcast going today <laughs> um but um, but thank you very much indeed for your understanding. Um, no worries. And and uh, and thank you very much um, for the listeners um, for listening and supporting the podcast. Um, and we'll be back at Hamsey and I will be back again tomorrow uh, to talk about more stuff. And um, you know, hopefully there'll be. Uh, I yeah, I, I won't have. I won't be talking about uh, people getting drunk in, in <laughs> warehouses and stuff like that. Anyway, thanks very much. Um, we'll see you tomorrow. Many thanks. Bye. Bye.